Thank you for visiting Lighthouse 805 Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode, Placed by God. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Summer is almost over, kind of. In Ventura, it kind of ends in February. But logistically for children, it ends in, what, we have a week or two left? Two weeks? And all the parents said, hallelujah. (laughs) Today's message is entitled, Placed by God. Placed by God. Um, We, the whole... In between sermon series, I listen for the Holy Spirit to speak about something for us impromptu, something that God would say, this is a, a message just in this season, in this moment, and we, we ended up going into almost like a micro two-week sermon series that's ending today, started last week, and today's the finale, if you will. Um, but it's all about this, this idea of purpose and community and the love of God. Placed by God. Listen to this verse. This, I read this verse and it just, it blew my mind because it kept bothering me from like a, a project management point of view because it's just wrong and it doesn't make any sense and it, it, God kept speaking to me about it and it ended up becoming a whole sermon because he, he just, God was relentless at speaking about it. First Kings chapter 6 verse 9. So he built the house and finished it. And he covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. You know, if you, if you read that, maybe uh, the second time you'll catch it, because the order's a little off. He built the house and finished it. And he covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. I have never in my life ever talked to a contractor or a house builder and said, all right, job's done. It's over. You're missing the roof. Yeah, but It's done. The job is completed. You don't have a roof on my house. <laughs> I'll get to it. It's, it's really weird because I, I want to read it like he covered the house with beams and planks of cedar thinking that would be the last step and then it would say he built the house and, and finished it. It doesn't make sense. And it, kept, it kept bothering me and I'm like, well, if God's word is infallible, he's obviously speaking something here. So this, this, is, this is an illustration. This physically happened, but it's being illustrated into our lives of this process. So he, being God, built the house and finished it. And then God covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. I love this because this house here, this, this thing that's being physically built, is illustratively representing the church. If you read it in that context, it completely changes and makes it so powerful and so unique. And so God built the church and he completed it. He finished it. And he covered the church with beams and planks of cedar. Do you know the context of of cedar is humanity? It's mankind. It's pretty, pretty good, right? So God completed the church. He finished it out. And they started covering it. He started laying humanity over the top as a covering of the church. So he built the church. He finished it. It's done. It's complete. But they didn't have the audacity to say, I'm laying humanity as the covering over the top. 
the ornate, the decoration, the housing unit. What's kind of unique about our physical location, our church, we can actually see beams of wood on our roof. This is, this is the concept of church. See, God completed the work. He finished it off through the power of Jesus. And then he decided to say, I'm, it's finished, it's complete, but I'm laying humanity over the top of it. So number one, if, if we are humanity, if we are mankind, if, if God is utilizing us to lay us over the top of the church, if you will, what, is that, what does that even mean? It, it, it's, it's really purpose. God is placing us as a purpose over this church. He is placing us here. So number one, obstacles with purpose. Obstacles with purpose. If you're taking notes, and I hope that you would, I, I, I really wish you'd write this down because I think this is one of the biggest factors for why people don't enact their purpose in the kingdom of God. Have you ever um, come to like a construction site or a, a building project or a, a part of your house where you're working on it and it's like, it's almost done? Like, have you ever gotten one of those moments where it's like, it's almost done? And you, you just have like the, the remaining scraps of wood or scraps of nails and you just have, everything is there. It's assembled, but you just got to finish it. My wife has no experience of this in our household whatsoever. <laughs> have you ever been there? It's like you start a project, you get going, and it's like almost done. You had to wait for the final pieces to come in. They finally get there, but then you're, you've lost all momentum and you're just kind of, not done yet like that's a lot of you guys are smiling like I know exactly what you're talking about and I know that project and it's it's easy to think that in, in that project you know how there's like all the extra pieces like you always have to buy extra pieces to finish something like Home Depot's like you really need 10% more and it's like well that's 10% more in my wallet that I don't need to give you and it's like you have to give all these extra and you and then it gets to the point where it, there's a few pieces left and you're really trying to decide like well this one's not as bad as this one but this one has this and if I put that here everyone's going to see that dent you, do you know what like when you're working on a big project you know when it comes down to like the last remaining pieces and you're like scraping the barrel for something you know, in the, in the kingdom of God, it's, it's easy to think that that's how God views us. Oh, he's scraping the barrel for me now. Oh, I got this going on in my life, and so God, uh, at least I'm better off than this other person, and God might use me because I'm better than them. And it's easy to, like, have this contorted, wrong mindset on this, when in reality, God is saying, no, you're You're perfect. I, I have washed my blood over your life. You're healed, you're restored, and you're redeemed. And it's our own mental obstacles that are holding us back from, from really completing out the finished work of the church that God has called us to be. See, in the, in the physical illustration, it says God has finished the church, and the last things that he does is he places the wood beams over the top. And that represents the individual person. I'm placing you here, and I'm placing you here, and I'm placing you here. And this is, this is the illustration of building the kingdom of God physically. And God's saying, I, I need to place you here, 
And the only hesitancy of us getting in that position is our own mindset, oftentimes. And so three, three things that, uh, if, if you will, they're illustratively, illustratively laid out of why sometimes we don't choose a piece on the ground to use when we're doing a bathroom remodel or whatever. A, rusty. Have you ever, have you ever opened up a box of nails and like, it's just nasty? Do you know what I'm talking about? Has anyone done that? Okay, please just affirm that I'm not the only person that opens up and gets rusty nails. Confirmed. Approved. <laughs> rusty. We can have a, a rusty mindset of our, our lives. Rust is, I don't know if you knew, rust is caused by the external weather impacting the surface. And... and that's what happens to our lives sometimes. See, stuff happens in the world around us, and it comes and it impacts us through our ears and our eyes, and then we can have doubts in our own life of, oh, I'm not good enough because uh, obviously I have issues. Obviously, this is not clean. This is not good. This is, I'm rusty. But you know, you know what's interesting about rust? It's one of the easiest, easiest, easily treated items on, on a car, on a nail. One second of sandpaper, and it's perfect. Sometimes you, you can let that rust eat away for years, and start, it can decay and cause holes. And that's what we allow when, when we... When we have someone say something about us, if we don't address it right there, it's, it's a quick fix of sandpaper. Jesus, I need, I need you to come in my life because that, that can't be true. That's not what you say about me. And we can deal with that surface area really quick. But if we allow that one thing that someone says to linger, rust will just slowly eat away and eat away and eat away. And then pretty soon, it's just like a sliver of metal left. And we can allow ourselves to mentally get to that place, and it's not good. It's the worst. See, obstacles with purpose is we can allow external situations and circumstances to impact what we think about ourselves, and because of that very reason, we can disqualify ourselves from what God has said we are and what we are to become of a plank of the church. And we would rather just stay in the scrap pile because we say, we're not good enough, God. And God's like, you are. I picked you. Get up. <laughs> it's like, well, get, get, no, I, I need to stay out here longer. All right, because I'm a patient God. I'll wait. And it just gets worse and worse. That's, that's the first obstacle with purpose is, is we can allow the world to, to impact us and we become rusty, if you will. And then the, the second obstacle of purpose is be broken. Have you, have you ever, I don't know if you've ever done like woodworking where you, you, you have to lay out a bunch of pieces of wood and you're like laying them down, you're screwing them in. You, you didn't, maybe you're like me and you didn't line them up first to make sure they all fit and you just, you just start going for it and you lay them in, you screw it in, lay it in, screw it in, lay it in, screw it in. I, I like to be proactive. I like to just get it done. Um, so then you get to one part and then you're like, and then like the piece of wood is like bent a little bit and you're like, that doesn't fit. But if you knew that from the beginning, you could have, you could have fixed it and it might be a little broken or have you ever worked on something in your living room and you're hanging everything up and and you get 
all the curtains up and you're putting all the curtains up and you get to one and it's like broken. You're like, oh, I have to go back to the store and return this. It's the worst. And, and it's really crazy because at the time of purchase on the outside of the box, it could look totally fine. But then when you get it home, one piece might be a little broken or busted inside the box. How many people know that's like the most aggravating thing? Like you go out, it's Saturday morning, you didn't get it ahead of time like you should have. You go to Home Depot you, or you go to Walmart, you buy the box, you bring it home, you open it up and it's broken. You're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's the worst. And a lot of times we can be so aggravated and so worked up that it's broken, we could just blame everything else, but then the box can stay on the counter forever, right? It's like, oh, I just need to take it back. Four years later, I need to take it back already. <laughs> like, you laugh, but like, I've been there, okay? Um, broken, but the interesting thing is, in order to fix the broken thing, you have to take that box, that item, back to the store because they have to exchange it with the manufacturer to get the exact same thing back that's not broken now. That's, that's, that's literally what happens with God. God, this is broken on the inside of me. It doesn't work quite right. I need, I need you as a manufacturer to take a look at, at this piece of my life and replace it. My, my heart is, is shattered right now, God, and it's hurting. God, I need you to fix this. You're the master craftsman. You either need to replace my heart. You need to fix it. You need to mend it. You need to heal. You need to do something, God. You built me, and you know how to fix me. And a lot of times, we have this thing. Um, uh, it's called pride. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has ever dealt with this. And we are broken inside, and we'd rather just hide that brokenness from everyone else, and especially God who built us, because we're like, oh, I'm ashamed of this. This is broken. I, don't, I, can't, I can't talk about this. Because everyone else has it put together. Everyone else is perfect. I'm the only one broken one in the batch. And in reality, God's like, why don't you bring it to me? God had the audacity to set up an exchange counter, a customer service counter for all of humanity for all of time, and it's open 24 hours, and all we have to do is step up to the counter and say, God is broken, can you fix it? And he's like, yes. Finally, thanks for coming back. And it, it's, it's our own mental prideness. Yes, David, that's a word. <laughs> Judging me with my grammar. We can think because we're broken inside, we're just not good enough. And, and how, how can God... As the wood planks, how can God place me in covering the roof of the church? How can God place me as a covering over the church if I'm broken? God said, because I need you to come to me so I can fix you, so I can put you in place. And the other obstacle, obstacle of purpose is, see, we don't know how. And, and the 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 ridiculousness of this is is we can have in the back of our head well i don't know how to well yeah no one does if you knew how to you'd already be up there god would have already put you in place but the 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 outlandish crazy thing is you only get put place 
by God wants. He puts you, he unlocks your purpose and says, awesome, you're doing it. <laughs> you're in place. You have a purpose. You have a calling. Now step into it. And once you step into it, you got it. But our hesitancy is like, well, I just, I don't know how. I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I'm, maybe I'm not understanding it. And God's like, well, I'm waiting on you to say, can you put me in, coach? Can you, can you get me up here? And you're sitting there saying, God, can you explain it to me? And God's like, well, I can if you get up. And he has this faith move where he says, if you take a step forward, I'll start putting you in place. And we're waiting saying, you got to give me what to do before I take a step forward. And it just becomes this stare off. Like, have you ever, sometimes I really view God is like a parent and we're like this one-year-old child trying to convince the parent that we know better. And it's just this long conversation that goes nowhere. <laughs> it's like, you are tired. You need to go to bed. Trust me, I know. No! I know you're tired because you want to be acting like that. <laughs> and it's like this standoff that happens. I'm not saying my kids do this, but <laughs> we're like these children that think we know better and sometimes don't know better, and, and God's like, I'm your father. I know what's best for you. The reason why you're frustrated in your, in your job and in your family is because you haven't unlocked your purpose of identifying how I built you yet so you can function in that in those areas. And he puts this like rock in our shoes that's so uncomfortable in life and we're like, ah, I just need, I just need this fix. And God's like, I, I know, I'm waiting on you. Let me know when you're ready. Well, God, I, 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 you, need, you need to work with me to, to teach me everything first so I can do this. No, just take a step forward. Just start moving forward on this. So we have these obstacles in purpose, but then how, how do we, how do we, take the next step how do we move forward in those how do we say you know what i'm tired of being the rusty screw i need i need to get up i i'm tired of being the broken whatever and i i know i gave a little bit of insight but we need to really move into accepting our purpose that's kind of like the next step we know that we should be doing this because god has called us to do it but now we just need to do it so 1 Kings chapter 6, 9, one more time. So he built the house and finished it. A takeaway is God built the church. He built humanity and he finished it with the work of Jesus. It's completed, it's done. And he covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. This weird backwards thought that's barely comprehensible. God views it perfectly as the illustration of the church. It's completed and done but he chooses to place us as the roof over and over and over. It, it's it's kind of like the concept of a house is completed, but you still got to replace the roof every like 20 years, right? It's not like the house becomes uncompleted and you have to rebuild the house all over again. It's this constant, constant maintenance, if you will, and that's the church of God. It's, it's we get put on as the roof, but eventually we have to, pass the baton onto the next generation to become the planks of the roof. That wasn't even in the notes. That was like a Holy Spirit moment. We have to keep having the roof changed. 
So, number two, accepting our purpose. Accepting our purpose. So, how, how do we accept it? How do we move from stage one to stage two? How do we, how do we make the leap? And a lot of it's locked in as the characteristics of a, a cedar tree, actually. We don't really have too many cedar trees around here. We have, like, the normal trees that, like, bloom and they, you know, they turn all orange and, and beautiful rusty colors and they get their leaves back. But in Oregon, it's like green pine needles and cedar leaves all the time. Piles of snow, it's still green. And, and it's really interesting because a, a cedar tree that's referenced in the scripture has three characteristics that it houses, three things that prepares it for its purpose. A, it's evergreen. It's evergreen, meaning that that's the word saying that the, the leaves are always green. It's always in bloom. It doesn't go through these seasons of dying off and having this new birth and dying off and having this new birth. And it's, it's always green. And I think we can sometimes mix up seasons in our life with our relationship with Jesus. Because sometimes we go through seasons of dryness and seasons of, of frustrations. Yeah, that's a season, but never mistake it with your salvation for Jesus. See, it, it being an evergreen means that we have this constant connection to the root, constant connection to Jesus. We are always green, meaning we always have the fullness of salvation, meaning we always are connected to Jesus. You, you can't get, like, unsaved or half-saved and then be like, oh, I'm full saved today, but tomorrow I might be unsaved. I'll be back again on Wednesday. That's not really how it works. You know, I hope I don't die on an off day of saved. Because obviously I won't make it to heaven. That's not how it works. I, I used to, as a child, I used to always in my head like ask forgiveness like every like 20 seconds of anything. So I would just make up stuff. God, forgive me of this. Because I was like, what if I die and I forget to say, will you forgive me in my last moment on this earth? So like as I go see him, I'm like, forgive me if anything happens. And if I wake up, I have to get some water. and be like, Jesus, forgive me. I, I need some water. Like walking around. I had this fear that I like become unsaved. And I want to make it in. It was this weird paranoia as a kid. Other kids had dreams of nightmares and stuff. That was like unsalvation fear. But, but it's, I think a lot of people struggle with that. Like there's like doubt. Like does God love me less today? No. Am I like a little unsaved today because I yelled at that lady? No. <laughs> it's, it's an evergreen. Psalms 86.5 says this, Oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. The, con the core concept of takeaway is unfailing. It can't fail. It's not half. It's not a quarter. It's unfailing. It's, it's a fullness of love 24-7, eight days a week. Just kidding, seven. Just making sure, I just making sure everyone's math is right today evergreen. Man, if we would just take this concept away, we wouldn't be beating ourselves up for stupid mistakes that Jesus already forgave us over. That's such a stupid distraction that the enemy wants to put on us. Man, don't, don't allow your attitude to tear you away from the calling on your life. B, a cedar tree, it keeps growing. I don't know why, I just think that's so weird and funny and awesome. 
It just doesn't stop. It just grows and grows until it, it dies. It keeps growing. Man, if we could grasp this concept, can you imagine what our lives and what people's lives around us would be? It's so easy to finally get something from God and say, I'm good. I am done learning. This is all I need, God. I'm out. <laughs> if you ever have the concept of I know enough as a Christian now, be very cautious because that's God going, all right. <laughs> Woo, we're going to have some fun this next season. Be careful. <laughs> God wants to always have us growing and growing and growing just like the cedar tree. This is what helps us move into this next season of our life of unlocking purpose. We want to keep growing. We can't stop and say, I got it all. I'm good enough. I know it. Oh, man. I have so many stories on this. I can't. Some of them are too negative. I don't want to share it. Um, keep growing. Keep growing. I'm moving forward. C, <laughs> durability. Durability. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped the verse. Go back one. What am I doing? Keep growing. Hebrews chapter 6, 1. I'm taking this out of the message translation because it just makes it so much better. So come on. Let's leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the groundwork of art. Grow up in Christ. The basic foundational truths are in place. Turning your back on salvation by self-help and turning in Christ toward God. I love that translation version. So come on! <laughs> Leave the preschool finger painting exercises on Christ and get on with the grand artwork of God. I love that. Are you stuck in some revelation you got 20 years ago, or are you willing to hear the freshness of God that he's speaking to you today? Because it is grand. C, durability. This, this concept of the cedar tree is that they're able to grow and keep growing because they're durable. They're, they're placed in wood structures and houses because they just last. They keep on going. And I wish we'd have that as believers. I wish we'd take on this. This is one of the most overlooked aspects as a believer. It's like you come in and someone says something stupid because they just don't think it through. And then it's like, oh, I can't believe they said that. I'm so hurt. I can't believe that. And like 10 years later, like, I don't like that person. Well, why? Because they said something. Well, what'd they say? I don't remember, but I don't like it. It's like, okay. <laughs> we, we need to have this durability in our lives. The, the benefit of cedar trees is when all this snow happens, they're able to withstand all the pressure because they're so durable. They're so strong. When the winds come, they're able to be flexible and sway back and forth, but then keep standing. When the weight of the world is pressing on your shoulders, keep standing because God's given you the strength to stand. Not because you can do it on your own. That's, that's silly and that's dumb. You can't. When the winds come and the storms of life, learn to, to breathe with and say, God, this is hurting me right now. 
I'm not going to take on the pride that I normally have, but I'm willing to listen and and lean on the others around me. See, one of the the greatest benefits of cedar trees is they're able to, to, to bend into each other and stay strong. It's their ability to rely on those around it to, to withstand all these storms. Durability. Joshua 1.9, this is my command. When it says this is my command, you, you know it's like a law. It's like this is really important. Please get this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Durability. I would say um, throughout my life, there's been so many times that like I just I just broke down. I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is hard. When I was young, you know, early on, all these kind of things. But it wasn't really till I understood that I had to rely on God and said, God, this is this is the situation. I need you to deal with this. I'm going to be faithful, but I need you to show up, and I need you to do work. I have these like just genuine conversations with God of saying, all right, God, this is broken. I need, I need the handyman of Christ to come in and fix this situation. And then to have the, the understanding that it might not be fixed that day. Like, have you ever put in a maintenance request in an apartment complex? It might not be in the next five minutes. It might not even be in the next five days. <laughs> We have to understand that we, we put in the maintenance request with God and he's coming, but it might not be in the time frame that we look at it. And we can't be frustrated over that. Going back to our, our, our main verse, 1 Kings 6, 9. So he built the house and he finished it. He covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. So number three, let's talk about the perks and the benefits of when the roof is in place, okay? We all know what the, the disadvantages are when a roof is not in place. Have you ever lived in a house with no roof? I haven't. I was just wondering if anyone has. But we know, we know, we easily know what would happen. Number three, living in purpose. As cedar covered the house of God, Jesus places us to cover the church of God. So when cedar was placed as the roof, there were three impacts. We we have these impacts that happens when we accept our purpose in the kingdom of God. There's these things that happen. We're not just there to just be there. God has called us as a divine purpose in the church of God. A, to cover. Cover. So obviously we 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 can really think about when, when rain happens, it's this thing that falls from the sky. I mean, sometimes we forget living in Ventura, but it, it comes in and it could ruin inside if it's not covered up. See, it's covered. It's, it's a protection from the external elements. And so just breaking it down to one facet, we're put in place by God to cover those that cannot be covered themselves. We're there to cover our children we're there to cover new believers. This is the concept of, of how we pray. It's the concept of what, what are we doing to cover and protect the church of God? The church is obviously the people of God, and so God's saying, I'm placing you 
as a believer to cover others. Your purpose, your calling, the facet of it is you come in and God says, you are to cover the body of Christ. If we really think about that, man, just for me, am I, am I spiritually covering those people around me at work? Do people know that I am, I am a firm believer and I know, they know that I can call on God for prayer? Do they know that? Are our family members actively being covered by me? And the thing to think about this is a roof is not a temporary one day here, maybe the next day it's not. It's, it's locked in. So when you're placed by God, it's saying, I'm committed to being that covering every day. God, I am going to cover my children and pray for them. God, I'm going to cover my coworkers. I don't like half of them, but I'm going to do it. I'm just kidding you're listening on the podcast. <laughs> that was a generalization, not a specific. <laughs> but we are called to cover. And the concept is we, we, we have to protect what cannot be protected, or we have to protect what, can, what cannot protect itself. That's one, one of the facets. Another one, this was kind of interesting, because when when you look at other verses, and I didn't, I, I did a word study, and every time cedars reference inside of a building, specifically a roof or a side, did you know that the cedar was placed as an aesthetic? It was placed as ornate. It was placed because it was beautiful. It was placed because it was just gorgeous. They could have used another random thing. They could have gone up and maybe thrown a tarp over the top or a slat of metal but it wouldn't have the same impact. What if we had just had a sheet of metal covering the roof right now and it was a little rusty, but it took care of the job. Water wouldn't get in, but it would look significantly different. Do you know, I love it because God says with this, I am choosing you because I see you as handsome and beautiful and I wanna show you off to the world. I have called you to be in my kingdom and I see how gorgeous and amazing you are, and I want to show you off. And it's so funny because we're sitting there thinking we're rusty and broken on the side, and God's like, you don't know how beautiful you are because I see what you are and what you're going to become, and I need to get you in place. And see, the last aspect, when we're living in purpose, connected, Connected. Uh, when you build a roof, you don't put one slat of wood up there. It, it's many slats. And this is, this is, take this home. When we're placed in purpose, we get connected. Connected to family members, connected to church members. And, and the thing to always remember is have the longevity in thinking. I'm going to be in heaven and I'm going to be connected to you, worshiping God every single day, all day, forever. We're all in the family together. We are placed by God over the local church. 1 Corinthians 
says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there would be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. We're called to be connected. Be united. Amen? Let's pray. We're glad you tuned in again. For more information about Lighthouse 805, visit us at our website, www.lighthouse805.com. For more episodes, opportunities to give, or just check out what we're doing. See you later.